This morning, we're going to celebrate communion just a little bit. We're going to come to the table together and celebrate communion. And as I was praying about this morning, I just wondering what I was to share today, um, God reminded me of the message I preached last Sunday. And if you recall, last Sunday, there was a message we looked at. It was from the book of Joshua, uh, where Israel was taking what God had promised, and they were doing some pretty cool things. They were experiencing some military victories and, and just seeing the abundance of God. And there was a, a group of people that tricked them into a peace tree. And when I talked about this, the Gibeonites is who they were. They, they tricked Israel into a peace treaty. But I mentioned this word that's on the screen. They made an oath before God. It was this covenant. In the covenant, the oath that they made before God, even though the people of Gibeon deceived the people of Israel, Israel was bound because they made an oath before God. This idea of covenant, I think that at times we, we lose sight of what it truly means. But, but this Sunday is, is communion Sunday. And every Sunday we read these words on the screen, or I do, when we have communion. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. When he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so Pastor was talking last Sunday about the importance of covenant in God's eyes. And I was paused when it comes to the Lord's Supper this morning because every time... We participate in the Lord's Supper. We're literally declaring that we're a part of this new covenant with God. And I wonder sometimes if we really recognize what we're saying. I mean, a covenant before God should be a very solemn, thought-through moment. It's not something that we should agree upon or that we should be a part of without seeking God and understanding what we're saying. But oftentimes, this moment is something we do. We have some juice and we have some bread, and that's what we're supposed to do. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. What is what does that really mean? What are we holding in our hands when we participate in this moment? It can be some good welches. Or it can be something so much more. Our kids will clean this up during the meal, I promise. There won't be as much to clean up today, but they will. And they're drinking cups, but it's not the new covenant. The position we are in what we're experiencing this morning, the reason we do this in remembrance of him every month is that we're reminding ourselves of the covenant relationship I am in with God. I'm going to pray and just ask that God speaks to us this morning. God, we thank you for this opportunity this day.
We thank you that we are here today and we can learn about you, God. I pray for your presence and your anointing to continue in this place. That our hearts would understand, that our minds would receive, that we would realize what this participation truly is. Anoint us, anoint our ears, anoint my words for your very spirit to accomplish his work in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Bible has many covenants. There's a lot of covenants that we see throughout the Bible. Uh, The covenant that I talked about in Joshua 9 were covenants between two groups of men. But there's a lot of covenants that God makes with man. It's God and man. Um, There's the covenant he made in the Garden of Eden with Adam, right? Uh, There's a covenant that he made with Noah. If you remember, what what was God's promise to Noah? Everything was bad. They had this flood. God promised Noah that they would never destroy the land again with the flood. Now, what did Noah have to do for the, for the covenant to be revealed? Nothing, right? I mean, he, like, that was just God's word. To, it's cool. It's, like a, it's an unconditional covenant of God. It's a covenant that God made. He said, I'm declaring this, and I'm just going to let you know. You can hold me to my word. I will never destroy this land again by a flood. There's a covenant that God made with Abraham. Does anyone know what covenant God made with Abraham? His descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the skies. What else did he promise them? That he would be with them? That he would bless them? God made a promise to Abraham that that he would be a blessing to him, that that, that he would be with him, that, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. God made a covenant with David. What was God's promise to David? Does anyone know? That his line would be the king, that there would be the king who would reign from his line from here forever. And God made a covenant that we, we call the old covenant. We're talking about the new covenant this morning, but I think it's important to look at what we, we call the old covenant. Those, those covenants I talked about, they kind of went around this covenant that God made with Moses. That was, that was the vessel which God's speaking through when he makes the old covenant to the people of Israel and he gets their consent. And we'll look at that in just a moment. And that covenant can actually, the, the, the sealing or the, the revelation of this covenant can be found in Exodus chapter 24. So remember Moses has been up on the mountain and God's been giving him, he's been like downloading. He gave him a jump drive with all the law on it so he could print it off and give everybody copies. I mean, that's really what kind of has happened up on the mountain except for they were stone tablets and it was all written and whatever else. But that's really, he's been downloading his, his law on Moses. And Moses has been, been telling the people of God, he's been allowing them to hear what God's law is. So Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws. And they responded with one voice. I mean, there's something here. Um, how often does this happen? Everything the Lord has said, we will do. I mean, that's just, that's good church people. We know when you ask us in church, we say yes, and we say God, and then we're good. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning. He built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. So he's heard that the people of Israel are in. They've heard what God's law was, and they want to be a part of this. So he set up 12, 12 stone pillars. Um, Pillars, and in each one of those represented a tribe. He sent the young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. 
Moses then took half of the blood and put it in bowls. The other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. And they responded once again, what? We will do everything the Lord has said and obey. Moses then took the blood. He sprinkled it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant that God has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel under his feet with something like pavement made of lapsless lazuli as bright as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these Israelite or these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, they ate and they drank. Now this is cool because we're going to the New Testament. We're talking about the cup of the New Covenant. And there's so many things in here. If it's not for this moment, everything is okay in the kitchen just in case anyone's worried. There's no one hurt. We can come back to me right now. Um, but, but in this moment, it's so hard to not see what Jesus did at the Lord's Supper. Because, see, this was a covenant that was made. And there was blood that was sprinkled on the people who agreed to the covenant that was made. Now, I don't know about you, but, man, some stuff in the Bible is hard for me. Like, we sacrificed a bunch of bulls, and now I'm going to throw a bunch of blood on you. But it was the sealing of the covenant. It was the affirmation of the covenant. And what did the leaders do after the, the covenant was agreed to? They sat down, and they had a meal together. And this is crazy because they're having a meal with God, but God doesn't do anything to them. He doesn't raise a hand against them, but they're eating with the one in which they made the covenant. Now, there's a lot in that messianic that I'm not going to get into all the parts, but this covenant was a conditional covenant. So God's promise, the law, to his people was forgiveness. But what was the people's response that was necessary in order for the covenant to be revealed? They would what? They would obey. And if you'll recall, if you look at at the books of the Old Testament, you can see God's promise fulfilled with Israel when they obey. But what happens when Israel disobeys? Suddenly, the promises of God, the protection that he's promised, it doesn't seem to be the same. It's a conditional covenant that was agreed to. And so this covenant governed Israel, it governed God's people, until the New Testament. The prophet Jeremiah, this is Jeremiah chapter 31, you'll see it in a second. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. The cup of the new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It won't be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. So this is what God is promising through the cup of the new covenant. This is the covenant promise that God is making to you and I this morning. So the first promise he makes is, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. God is promising 
his people. He's promising the people who participate in the new covenant that he will give them knowledge. That's what this truly is, is knowledge. We talked about wisdom this morning. Maybe it's just a little bit of wisdom too. I'm going to give you the knowledge. I'm going to put my hall. Where was the law written before? Romans. Where was it written? On tablets of stone. Now it's written where? It's on our hearts. He promises that you and I will know what we're supposed to do. We will know right from wrong. We will know the decisions that we need to make. He's written it. He has absolutely done this. Some would argue with me, well, pastor, I don't know what's right and wrong. God has written it on your heart. He's placed it inside of you. The reason you don't hear sometimes is because you don't want to hear. I will be their God, and they will be my people. He's going to write the law on your heart. That is knowledge. Not only does does he write the law on your heart, which is knowledge, but he promises us that he will be our God, and we will be his people. And the beauty of this relationship, it's not something that they really, I think, fully understood when Jeremiah wrote this word, was this is a promise of love. How did God reveal his covenant? It was because he loved us that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. This is a promise that I will be your God and you will be my people. That I will love you is what God is saying here, this new covenant. It's one of knowledge. It's one of love. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest declares the Lord. Again, there's knowledge there. There's knowledge which is love. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The new covenant is one of knowledge, it's one of love, and it's one of forgiveness. You will know what's right. God will be your God. You will be His people. You will know Him. And He will Forgive your sins. Exodus 36. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my laws and or follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God has promised us knowledge, love, forgiveness, and his spirit. That's what he's promised us through the new covenant. That's what we're celebrating as we come to the table. The blood of the covenant that we're celebrating in is the promise that I am loved. I am known by God, that he is my God. It really does encompass every covenant that he made. He made a promise to Noah of protection. He made a promise to Abraham of blessing. He made a promise to Moses of forgiveness. And he made a promise to David of kingdom authority. It's all brought to pass in this new covenant. You know, I was intrigued. Sometimes I think church words, we use them and we don't know what they mean. And I thought I could go online, Google real quick and type in new covenant summary. I'm telling you, there wasn't a pretty picture for me to put on the wall. I thought there'd be a pretty little diagram said, you do this, God does this, boom, this is what the product is. 
I didn't see it out there. And I wonder if it's because we don't fully get it, if we haven't pressed into what we're agreeing to with God at this table. Some people say the reason it isn't because I don't have it up here. The Old Covenant is really the Old Testament, and the New new Covenant is the New Testament, so it's too hard to put in one little pretty picture. You and I, this morning, will stand before God. We're sit if you choose. We're going to participate at his table, saying that we want to be part of the new covenant with him. My question right now is, do you know what you're agreeing to? Do you know what you're saying? Yeah, I just read Jeremiah. Yeah, I read uh, the, the, the Ezekiel. But, but do you know what this means to you this morning? Like, when you agree to that, what does it mean? I mentioned the, the messianic principles. Think about this. God sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice, or Moses sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice on the people. When it comes to this new covenant, Luke, in Luke, when we record this supper, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant which has been poured out for many. We're actually letting... I'm not going to do it. My wife wouldn't get my shirt clean. We're letting the blood be poured out for us, indicating this covenant is true. Hebrews chapter 8, if you want to read this in Hebrews chapter 8, it has a lot on the New Covenant. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7 through about 10 can really get some of this. And actually a lot of the verses I just read will be there. Hebrews 9 says, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. This covenant is true. What were the the words that Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. Now, this is going to take a moment. Try to track with me. If you don't, ask me to explain it to you later. I believe the new covenant has been fulfilled. It's finished. The old covenant was dependent on what? My obedience. The new covenant, it has been accomplished. God recognized that the people, we were going to always kind of mess up our part probably. And so he said that this one's no longer dependent on your obedience, but it is. And some people are saying, Pastor, I don't like that. You're saying that we can live however we want. No, we love. Why? Because Christ loved us first. The scripture tells us that if you love me, John John 14, I believe this is, if you love me, you will do what? You will obey my command. See, this covenant was accomplished. It is fulfilled. And obedience isn't the condition for the covenant, but it's the result of living in the covenant relationship with God. Does that make sense? This covenant has been accomplished. 
So what are we doing this day? This is why I got excited when God spoke to us in worship. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body, for we all share one loaf. What did God speak to us this morning about communion? He told us all that this morning we would do our part at the table, that we literally would participate in, in, in the elements today. Angie did not talk before the service. She didn't see my notes. She didn't know what I was preaching. If you've got any questions, I didn't ask Angie to say any of that. But God literally brought us to that point in the word he spoke to us. Our place in the new covenant, because it is finished, is to participate in it. That's what we do. It is accomplished. We choose to be a part of it or we choose to not be a part of it. But the covenant has been finished. And so as we hold this cup, what we're proclaiming is by the blood of Jesus Christ, we're receiving the knowledge that we have need of. We're receiving the love that we have need of. We're receiving the forgiveness and the spirit of God that he's given us. We're participating by saying, I receive. Remember that word? I receive, God, what you've promised me. I receive that I'm going to participate in the blood of Jesus Christ, which the scripture says if we walk in the light as as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. When I participate in the new covenant, I'm participating in the blood of Jesus Christ that absolutely purifies me from all sin. It purifies my sin. It doesn't matter what my sin was because I'm purified because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It purifies the sin that I will do this afternoon. It purifies the sin that will come next year because I'm no longer a slave to the law of sin and death, but I'm I'm a slave to the Spirit of God, the law of the Spirit of God. So my sin is forgiven. I want to say it. Your sin is forgiven. You don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. It's forgiven when you participate in the new covenant, by receiving the blood of Jesus Christ, you are saying the price was paid for your sin. It purifies us from all sin. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It not only forgives us for sin, but it reconciles us. It brings us back into the right place that we have need of. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, For you know that it was written, or that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. 
I'm receiving forgiveness of my sin. I'm receiving the reconciliation, the right relationship with God that he's brought me to. I'm receiving the very redemption that needs to come in my life for the price that was paid for my sin. I have been redeemed. You are redeemed. You may not feel like it, but just get in a new covenant. It's weird. I got this random picture. I don't know if it's going to help someone or hurt someone, but I'm going to share it. It's what's in my brain. I got this picture of like a shower. And I can either stand in the shower or I can stand outside of the shower. And when I stand in the shower that's under the new covenant, I am redeemed, I am forgiven, I am reconciled, I am experiencing the provision, the blessings, the goodness, the protection, the kingdom of God. But when I choose to step out of that, that shower is still going, the covenant is still finished, but I might position myself outside of that covenant. When you come to the table, 1 Corinthians said we participate. We participate. This morning, in a few moments, someone will offer you a cup of grape juice and they will offer you a little cracker that doesn't taste very good. You have a choice on whether you want to receive that or not. Right? We get that. You have a choice on whether you want to take it or whether you want to leave it. It's the same with the new covenant of God. You're choosing whether you want to participate or whether you want to stay out. You can receive the cup or you can leave the cup. It's up to you. But the covenant has been accomplished. I think you guys can come forward. And I think I would like the elements passed out. Pastor's processing. And this morning, when you receive the cup, this morning, when, when you hold that cup, I want you to process for yourself the new covenant of God. Irene, don't do that just yet. I've got one more verse that I want to read that I want people's eyes to see. Because I said, in this covenant, in this cup, is, is, is the fullness of God's promise. Ephesians chapter 1. In this cup. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I'm participating in the new covenant. And in this cup, in your hand, this cup might get a little heavier because it's every spiritual blessing that is yours that your Father has given you. What do those spiritual blessings look like? He chose you in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. He chose you to be forgiven and purified. He chose you to be, to be forgiven for your sins. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. To the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us and the one He loves. In Him we have redemption. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed through his blood. 
the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into full effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. In Him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation, when you believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You're fine. Do we miss this side? I'm going to have them lead us in a chorus as they continue to hand out the elements. But I want you to consider what you're participating in today. First Corinthians said, this is a participation in the cup of the new covenant. The blood of Jesus that was poured out for you. And just like he said this morning, you're choosing your place in that covenant. Do I want to receive? Do I want to take part in? Do I want to be a part of what God has offered or or not? That's your choice. But your choice is to receive it, to let this become a part of you. So there's no question whether I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. There's no question on whether I've been purified. There's no question on whether I have power or the Spirit of God within me. There's no question on on the blessings of God that will be. There's no question on the kingdom of God that I'm a part of. I received it. I received it. The cup of the new covenant. Truly God's love revealed to you and I. You know, this morning, I don't want this just to be the motions. This is a solemn moment to consider my place in the covenant of God. Where do I want to be? Do I want to participate in all that God has? Do I want to participate in the knowledge, the love, the forgiveness, the blessings, the kingdom, the power of God? Scripture says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. God, we thank you for the body of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for the body of Christ that we're a part of that we've been adopted, that we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ in your family. And we participate in the body. Let us partake.
It says, in the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. you holding? The blood of the Lamb that was sprinkled on you. The blood that was poured out for many. The place that you've been longing for. The acceptance that you've, you've needed. The promise that your Father loves you. That God is your God and you are His people. Every spiritual blessing, the hope of eternity with Jesus Christ, the joy of the Lord, the victory of God, the healing, the power, the presence. God, I want it. And I pray that that in this place, this day, God, that as we receive, We're receiving that. Let your drinking of the cup be a declaration of His new covenant in your life. Let us partake. I'm going to say the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you participate in the cup of the new covenant.